0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, and this is Short Game Session Number 9. It's part 3 of my Sanity Break series. I just wanted to put together a little recap and a postscript for everyone. You know, at the basis level, my goal for the trip down to the Pinehurst area was very simple. One, I wanted to see my favorite American courses. Those are Mid Pines and Tobacco Road, as I mentioned earlier. And two, I wanted to see how many holes I could actually play, how many holes I could walk, more specifically, in one day. And there's no better day to try that than on the proper summer solstice, the longest day of the year. On another another level, though, my trip was a bit more complicated. Uh It was my getaway, it was a chance to break from the daily routine, break from the isolation and the quarantine that had made up all spring, a chance to get away and think without the day-to-day pressures and responsibilities and tasks and chores and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, knowing how my mind works, I also wanted to get away and I wanted to play so much golf that I didn't have to think that it was just enjoying the moment, one foot in front of the other, not thinking about anything, not even the golf, just experiencing it. It's a nice contradiction and a fine balance to, to try to pull off. What actually happened in North Carolina was even better than I could have ever imagined. What started on Friday afternoon and lasted well into the night on Saturday was a true vacation, a true healing of the spirit, of the mind. Uh, Not so much the body, but the body endured. Enough so that I'm already thinking that this may have to become an annual habit. Friday was 36 holes in mid-pines. I'd never walked 36 holes uh, in one day. That I was able to pull it off on the first day of summer, with dark clouds circling around, but without a drop of rain hitting me on the golf course, that was special. I felt like maybe I got a little help from the golf gods or somebody else uh, to allow me to experience that. You know, if you're gonna try to walk 36 holes in a day, Mid Pines might be the most perfect place to do it. Sure, there are nominally flatter golf courses, but the combination of its gentle slopes with its tree-lined plain corridors meant that I could walk uh, from shade to shade except out into the fairway for the occasional shot that found the fairway and you know for the the heat of the day and then later in the day for my evening round after a a lunch snack that the you know the shadows just make such a beautiful playing corridor uh, such a, a wonderful aesthetic to the golf course when you've got sunshine and those tall pines make long shadows that kind of dance over the fairways and the the greens. It really is a special place. And the same is true early in the morning, uh, which was my first experience at Mid Pines. You know, a- another real highlight about starting my golf there was that it was a whole new golf strategy that I don't get on a daily basis playing my home courses here in Lexington what i discovered as i made my way around that course is that the it, it's not so much a second shot golf course as is what happens from the tee determines the strategy because so many pins i was on the wrong side of the fairway and so the pin was hidden you know these weren't tucked sunday pins these weren't difficult on purpose pins it's just that i had found my ball even a good shot a well struck shot if I was on the wrong side of the fairway, all of a sudden, you know, the the smart play was to play out away from the flag or occasionally, you know, me being stubborn and not really having anything to lose might go forward and end up in one of the bunkers or off the back of the green or something like that, which is really where the beauty of Ross's strategy on that course comes into play. There are much longer courses, there are more difficult courses, uh, but that challenge, I think, was is really fun uh you know you're really into a little sword fight with the architect because if you hit even if you hit a good shot quote unquote uh, if it's in the wrong place you're not out of the hole I mean you you're uh, if you're out of position it just requires a greater second shot which for me is a a fun way to get around the golf course you know halfway through that round um and this is my own sort of dumbness, but probably halfway through my first night or my first 18 at Mid Pines, I realized, oh, these aren't bentgrass greens; these have some grain to them, um, which made the rest of the weekend a little bit more enjoyable, for sure. A little bit because I didn't make any putts. I think I made three or four putts the whole uh, the whole time I was down there, but that was fine. That, that's not what the trip was about. You know, the second 18 at Mid-Pines on Friday afternoon. People must have things to do in that town because I was alone out there. Literally, after the seventh hole on my second loop, I didn't see any other golfers on the course. Uh, You know, by the time, there was plenty of daylight when I got back to the parking lot, and that place had closed up tight. Nobody in the parking lot, nobody in the pro shop. Uh, Now, part of that is uh, COVID-induced. because I don't think there are any guests staying at the hotel right now, or maybe just a few, but it was really a nice way just to spend an afternoon inside my own head, and yet at the same time, having fun attacking the golf course. That was the necessary distraction to, to clear some headspace. Uh, a big burger, a quick podcast update, a shower, and off to sleep I went Friday. You know, and At that point, if for some reason I'd had to come home, I think I'd been okay. You know, I, had, I was that good, tired, that tired where you felt like you'd accomplished something. I felt like I'd accomplished something uh, walking 36 holes in one day. I had a little bit of tired, not fatigue, um, but it was a, a peaceful tired, and I was excited to get up and try to do it again on Saturday. Um, but I looked at Saturday as just gravy. Saturday morning started at a, a locals course. It's just outside Pinehurst in Southern Pines called Highland, H-Y-L-A-N-D. I wanted to work in something a little different uh, on this trip. One, playing someplace like that on a Saturday morning helps keep the costs of the greens fees down. Um, But I wanted to see something different. I didn't want this to be too ethereal of a trip. That's just not me. Um, The place advertises that it's uh, being kind of put back together, that it's veteran-owned, uh, and I was happy to play there. It was jam packed. I mean, it was a the practice green was a real sea of humanity scene, um, all the way up until about eleven o'clock. It, it was an easy walk, as virtually everything in the sand hills is. Um, you know, Saturday morning, I knew I wasn't going to be sent off on my own uh, on a busy golf course, so I was paired with a dad and his two adult kids, uh, Doug, Doug, and Luke. The dad was a you know a generally serviceable duffer. He confided before we hit our opening tee shots that they weren't any good, and you know he had no expectations, and that was fine by me. The uh, one of his sons, you know, had a a good hacker swing, could get around the golf course like the rest of us, get off the tee. The other son was a complete beginner, someone kind of new to the game, uh, who. It was going to be a challenge, and right from the start, it was completely refreshing to see these guys' attitude. Uh, they were going to play a three man scramble best ball to, to get around the golf course and see what kind of score they could put together. Um, they had no problem there was no pride of anybody's shot, so they were uh, eager to pick up a, a duffed or a topped shot, and there was no expectation. There was no coaching. It was just, you know, give it your best try and we'll figure it out after you do it. No negativity at all. And that was really something I felt privileged to be paired with, you know, to to play with those guys for four hours and just kind of a relaxing, uh, you know, they're just there to enjoy each other's company. It was, it provided a little perspective. It was a little bonus that I didn't think I'd find on this trip, but I was very lucky to have it. Again, I I couldn't find anything with a flat stick. I made my first putt of any length or significance on 18, so that gave everybody a nice cheer. Uh, We air fist bumped and went about our way, having spent the morning well, I thought. Lunch at Stubbs Barbecue, which I'd looked forward to. Uh, If you happen to be in that area, it's right off the main highway, US 1 down there. Um, Great barbecue, great banana pudding, which was the fuel I needed for what turned into nineteen miles of walking for golf that day. Um, you know, my to finish off the trip, I had a round scheduled at Tobacco Road, and I, I knew ahead of time I was going to try to get around for a second loop, if at all possible. You know, and that's it's a tough walk because it's a vertically challenging golf course, uh, but I wanted to see if I could do it. You know that very frankly I'm I don't know the the last year or two if this is my midlife crisis or what but I'm in a a stage where I like to see if I can do things and set my mind to trying to accomplish just little things like that and Tobacco Road is a a playground. You know I knew the walk was going to be enjoyable. I knew it was going to be hard but I knew it was going to be fun you know that it is a very smartly laid out golf course. If you're unfamiliar with it uh, golf architect Mike Strands. This was what many considered to be his masterpiece. It's unlike most any golf course you're going to find anywhere else in the world, frankly. Uh, just with the use of, uh, again, vertical sand dunes of uh, waste areas, uh, wide plain corridors, crazy greens. Um, something for reference, you know, maybe something. Pete Dye would see in his nightmares and bring to life, that's uh, very much how some of these green complexes are. And they're wonderful. I think that is a great, fun challenge. Um, You know, I was much more comfortable going around it the second time. But as to the walking, you know, in retrospect, where the the carts go around the tee boxes and around the greens, there are plenty of walking shortcuts. Um, Our group never fell behind pace of play on my account. Uh, I happened to be paired with three other guys. One guy's a pretty good golfer. He was probably around par for the front nine. The other two guys, I don't know if they were beginners, but to call them serious golfers would be an overstatement. So, uh, you know, I was never out of turn. We were never out of position, which was nice because it was well thought out uh, to be a golf course that could be walked if you're crazy enough to do it. And I was the only one walking that day. Uh, it was a packed house. We had a, a one thirty tea time so there were was still plenty of play on the course from the morning and and plenty of guys going out behind us. Uh, it seemed to be that almost everybody was younger than me. I've never seen a sea of young Turks and brocephus Wokists like I had like I saw that Saturday at Tobacco Road I mean just an an ocean of Bucket hats and trucker hats and rope hats, coral-colored shirts and beers and cigars that I can't pronounce the names of. You know, and the even though that's not my scene, everyone was there to enjoy just a spectacular golf course, so it made it nice. Um, you know, the golf gods have a sense of humor. I was shooting one of my better rounds of the year, uh, and then we got to the seventh tee box and some dark clouds popped over the tree line uh, and I knew what was coming. I knew that there was a storm coming because two years ago when I was down there, first time around on our golf trip, we got to about the seventh tee box and some dark clouds popped right up on the horizon, same place. In 2018, those clouds stalked us for about two or three holes until we made the turn and then lightning started hitting the ground, the raindrops Uh, came in on top of us, and they called us off the course for, for at that time, probably close to three hours. Well, guess what happened this past weekend? That storm stalked us for two or three holes. We made it almost to the 10th hole as a group. And then lightning started hitting the ground, and rain started coming down around us, and they called us in. I thought, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe that I'm a jinx, that this storm is back to finish me off. But it turned out that this was only about an hour hour and a half delay, which was fine by me. I was twenty seven holes walked in for the day so a little break to have a snack and fully hydrate probably wasn't the worst thing in the world um, my the people I was paired up with they didn't stay to stick out the rain delay I guess they had better things to do and with Father's day the next day, I don't necessarily blame them you know it's a Quick drive back to Raleigh and Durham for a lot of those guys that were there. So I was alone in a sea of threesomes and foursomes on the back nine once we restarted. That is the wrong place to try to play through. Um, as easy a walk as the front nine is, the back is brutal. Uh, because of some of the just the, the scale, some of the green complexes and the, the walks from green to T, it's a much tougher walk on that back nine. But I got through it, the sun came back out, I was able to enjoy that, and then I could turn one last time uh, for my final nine holes of the the weekend. It was about 7.30, so I had just about an hour, hour and a half of sunlight left. And I was all alone, went back out on the front nine, um, just peaceful, nobody else back there. Um, The way the front nine is routed, you can't really hear what's going on on the rest of the course, so it was as peaceful as you're ever going to find the golf course. Again, during that golden magic hour, that last hour or 90 minutes before sundown. And with weary bones and muscles, I moved up two tee boxes, which was really quite fun uh, because it produced different sight lines, uh, different yardages, different hazards that you have that I had to think about. So instead of making it a monotonous kind of drud dreaded you know nothing it kind of clicked my brain and kept me intrigued and uh, you know different strategy was was fun to have at that last bit there was no real point in keeping score for this so you know I tried to drive the second green came up a little short i had a reachable green on the first par 5 so pulled out Uh, hybrid and went for it. That's something I couldn't have reached from the the normal tee I play from. So it was a really fun experience just being out there all by myself. Um, You know, and I capped it off. The the one shot that was great had about 100 feet for birdie and made the 12-footer to save par. That was the only putt I made the entire day, um, which was a good one to end on. I could smile and kind of strut my way into the, the parking lot from there. More barbecue, more sleep, a shower, and heading home the next day. And I was ready. You know, I, I had found what I was looking for and more. It was the the peacefulness, peace of mind uh, at two places that I love. Two, the golf courses couldn't be more different, I don't think, uh, for being in such proximity. Different challenges, but every bit equally fun. So I'm glad I went I take pride in the fact that I walked 81 holes in about 34 hours. That was more than I anticipated. It was incredible fun, uh, a sense of accomplishment. Um, you know, I, I got home uh, and I was more relaxed. You know, more, more relaxed physically, less tension, more relaxed mentally and spiritually, quicker with a smile more patient with my kids uh, perhaps hugging holding on to hugs maybe a half second longer uh, with my dear wife all good things you know I got home my feet hurt you know my lower legs hurt a little bit from the walk but kudos to my my golf coach because my back didn't hurt Uh, there was no tendonitis that developed over playing that much golf it was really great um what I would say, you know, playing marathon golf like that, scoring becomes secondary at some point, which is relaxing. For someone who's kind of a mid-handicap and watches that number, uh, it was nice to, to be able to throw it out. Uh, less pressure, less less fear. Uh, another thing I realized somewhere along the, the road upon reflection that the sand hills there are very much uh, – very much like Scotland. You know, it has the nickname Pinehurst has the, the moniker, as the cradle of American golf. And I think that's true. And I think it, it obviously goes well beyond the Pinehurst Resort proper. Because it is a go- in the sea of rural North Carolina. You know, that it's really in the, the neither region, between the mountains and the beach. And it's not a very affluent area once you get outside of perhaps Pinehurst and the, the city in Sanford. Uh, In Southern Pines proper. Once you get away from the resort areas, it's not an affluent area. But in town and around the golf courses, everybody is welcoming. It is a golf culture. They know why you're there, and they appreciate you being there. And, you know, it's a collection of some of the best golf courses in the world, especially, well, at a minimum, some of the very best golf courses in the United States. Um, You know, and there's no shame in, Nothing to be, nothing much lost at the local courses, Highlands and the Whispering Pines, where all the locals play, with a, a more affordable greens fee. Those were fun as well because you're still on sandy soil with, you know, topographical formations that you're not going to get uh, most places in the United States. So I'll go back. I'll probably repeat this trip annually, uh, at least in years that I don't have an overseas trip scheduled with the guys just a, a little sanity break to, to go be refreshed. Now that I know I can do it, you know, this is something I'd thought of for several years. And this year with all of the isolation, uh, just needing that feel, having that feeling to need to escape, to get away from the isolation for a little bit, uh, gave me the perfect opportunity. And I'm very grateful that I was given the chance by my family. So what does all this mean? It means I'd encourage all of you to find your own mid-pines and tobacco road, to find your own sand hills, to occasionally get away. You now, do it safely. You know, I, I had my mask on uh, any place that I wasn't out on the golf course pretty much, just as a precaution. That put me in the minority in rural North Carolina, but, you know, that, that's just what I have to do. But wherever it may be, find that place that you can get away physically and mentally, uh, soak it in and enjoy it, even if it's just for a little while. And with that, I want to thank you for stopping by for another short game session of the Blind Shots Podcast. You know, I hope you enjoyed what you heard here. Uh, if you didn't, sorry about that. We'll have something different and better next time, or at least we'll try that way. A reminder that the Blind Shots Podcast is a proud member of the talking golf network of shows you can find the entire portfolio at talkinggolf.com you can interact with this show on twitter at blind shots pod you can find me individually at one bearded golfer or you can check me out on the blog at onebeardedgolfer.com. if you do get out onto the golf course be safe be smart and as always do decide to go for it and take dead aim get out much. (laughs) I don't get out much.